I'd like to tell you a story. There was a litter of puppies, four boys and a girl. They were separated from their parents very young. They separated the girl from the boys. The boys were home for a while together. It was noticed that one of the puppies was withdrawn. While his siblings happily played together, he sat on his own, with his face pressed against the wall. There was something slightly different about this dog. They were separated again into pairs, then each one eventually was placed into a home. The puppy that was slightly different found this separation very difficult. As well as pining for his siblings, he became even more withdrawn. His new owners ignored him. There was no stimulation. This dog never barked. One day, without any sign, they disregarded him. That sweet-natured dog ended up going to 25 different homes where he was slapped, kicked, punched, called names, abused and suffered trauma. No one had ever showed him love. No positive fingerprint had touched this dog. I was once that dog. I guess Cinderella had a better time. Warm stories from childhood. Do you have some? I have none. I grew up I grew up in the nineteen sixties in the care system, except there wasn't much care going on back then. I belong nowhere and to no one. I can at best describe it like this. Abuse, fears and tears. When a child is harmed so young, it's like someone pulling the wires out of an electric toy circuit. You can put the wires back, but there will always be damage underneath. You will always get some short circuiting until the damage is repaired. Being abandoned tends to bring you up short, as well as thinking, God's a million miles away. We are all products of our past. I have faced many discouraging days. I say that the pain felt by those who knew little or nothing of love in childhood or was subject to abuse is one of the most distressing of all the pains that can afflict the soul. One of my earliest memories was of me in the bath with a bar of soap and scrubbing brush trying to scrub myself white to give myself a better chance of being adopted. You see, in the 1960s in London, not many adopted black children. Even now, they wait an average 
of three to four years longer to be adopted. The first seven years of my life there was no nurturing so I had to go to speech therapy to learn to talk. My school report at 10. Peter is a slow learner. We think there's something wrong with his brain as well as being maladjusted. We'd rather not take any more disturbed children from that home. In another home, the principal liked watching me take a bath. (coughs) (coughs) At the approved school I was at, each year, they laid on two coaches to take the pupils home for the festive season. I remember waving goodbye, then going back inside to cry, because that Christmas my social workers couldn't find anywhere for me to go. So the following year, after frantically ringing around all day, at the 11th hour, they managed to find somewhere for me to go. We arrived late at night, knocked on the door, only to be told my paperwork wasn't correct. Rejection yet again. While in care, I passed through 25 different institutions like human cargo. Rejection can feel like a stab wound to a child and carry lasting damage. Then we carry these emotional stab wounds with us into adulthood. They affect our relationships, careers, happiness and our health, everything that is us. Throughout these years, if my psychological injuries were physical, I would look like I was beaten to a pulp. My mental health took a real battering. Let's just say there was a lot of physical and sexual abuse in the 1960s and 70s in the care system. So after 18 years in institutions, I left care. I was happy because I left behind a lot of unpleasantness as well as multiple layers of awfulness. I don't use the word chronic childhood adversity for dramatization. I use it as a representation of my childhood. Maybe you wouldn't agree. Chronic neglect, emotional abuse, exposure to violence, sexual harassment, 18 years in a care system, abandonment, hopelessness, loneliness, homelessness, struggles, breakdowns, shame, drugs, sexual and racial identity conflicts, obesity, depression. I come from this. Rejected, neglected, disrespected, abused, demonised, dehumanised, brutalised, desensitised, demoralised, institutionalised. I come from this.
The sparkle of life doesn't always sparkle. Throughout my whole childhood, I was in a state of constant bereavement or pining for someone. Bereavement because some of the carers had become like my mother. Pining because some of the children had become like brothers. These relationships didn't last years, but each and every one that left, there were tears. Growing up, love was such a horrible, twisted game of hide and seek. I felt incredibly vulnerable. No family, teacher, mentor, role models, or anyone I could truly identify with. No characters I looked up to. No one ever praised me, complimented or congratulated me on anything. No one encouraged me. No one believed in me. No nurturing of any kind. My self-esteem was below zero. I knew nothing about relationship boundaries. I didn't know how to cook or wash my clothes, how to manage money, how to pay bills. I had no life skills. I couldn't read or write. I had no plan or clue what I was going to do. I had no support. Would you be surprised? I ended up in prison. My life followed this pattern for a while. Then one day I discovered the gym. I clearly directed all my injustices into extreme training. It gave me the rocket fuel and become the outlet for my sadness. Also, it was a roar of defiance to my pain. At the same time, I was coming to terms with my sexuality. I couldn't deny it. It'd be like a computer virus exposing the weakness of its host. It would have haunted me like a ghost. I'm part of the gay community. Soon afterwards, I started doing security. In those days, I was quite ferocious. My reputation preceded me. Lots of companies hired me. If there was trouble, I would be like a wild animal let out of a cage. I had so much rage inside of me. Because at the centre of abandonment is a story of loss. Loss of love. I would like you to try this exercise. Visualise. Take your first day at school holding your mother's hand. When you fall down in life, it's your mother that helped you stand. To the family holidays where you played in the sand. To the celebrations when you passed your exams. To the gifts you gave on Mother's Day. The hugs and kisses that got you through each day. Now wipe all these memories away. When your self-confidence is low or you don't know which way to go. When a sense of humour is necessary but life is just too heavy. When there's tears but you stand alone. When you're homeless and no one cares. When you have to love yourself but feel defeated. And left on the shelf to feel dated. 
Take all the memories you shared with Dad. The many times you bonded with love. From fishing to acting the fool to kicking a ball. He's been there to catch you when you fall. From laughter and fun. Now vanished him all. You're beginning to understand. Mother's and Father's Day I wish would go away. Birthdays bring no joy. It reminds me no toys. But it's Christmas that makes the loudest noise. When my doorbell makes no noise. These are the lifelong ripples. My childhood was stolen. I can't remember laughter. There was never a twinkle in my eye. Only tears. There are ten types of childhood trauma measured in the ACE study. An ACE score is a tally of different types of abuse, neglect and other hallmarks of a rough childhood. The rougher your childhood, the higher you score. You get one point for each type of trauma. Scores of four or more. Things start getting serious. People with a high A score are more likely to be violent. Have more marriages, more broken bones, more drug prescription, more depression and more autoimmune diseases. People with an A score of six or higher are at risk of the lifespan being shortened by 20 years. You don't need to be a battlefront soldier to suffer some degree of post-traumatic stress. When my lover died, I went through 10 years of complicated grief. I received an eight-year prison sentence because of failure to disclose evidence by the police. Imagine living in your bathroom for eight long years. I've been destitute without shoes, had my heart broken very bad, where every atom and molecule was switched to sad. I've had a lung disease, brain tumour, emotional breakdowns. There's been some awful tasting medicine I've had to swallow. Nuclear explosion level bad. But post-traumatic growth means I never bounce back. I only bounce forward. I've gained a tremendous amount of perspective. Your best teacher... will be adversity. Post-traumatic growth is positive change from struggle. From heartache and pain we learn. Life, crisis, dramatic events are not nice, but they teach. Tears are only words that cannot be spoken. Loneliness makes the loudest noise when it's not your choice. Speak from your heart 
when you talk. Adversity and enlightenment go hand in hand. One you sit for, the other you stand. There will be darkness followed by light. The sun will rise. I like to share my favourite quote. I can complain I have no shoes until I met a man who has no feet. Adversity is a powerful teacher. Sunny days are beautiful and everybody loves them, but it takes rain for the grass to grow. I believe we are not just here to smile and laugh. Nobody's life is choreographed. We are all here under contract for our souls to grow. There will be tears. All the tragedies, all my mistakes, all the hardships, all the headaches, they were only my footprints in the sand. Nobody was there to help me stand. Nobody to hold my hand. Sometimes the stresses were so intense that I chewed away my apatif. One time things were so bad I slept with two Bibles in my bed. I often wondered what I would have said to my 16-year-old self to prepare for all the adversity ahead. So I wrote a letter to my 16-year-old self. I wrote a letter to God addressed from my heart. I wrote a prayer because my life was full of despair. I wrote a poem to God called I Wonder. The first two lines. Sometimes I wonder if you are there or if you care. I also wonder if you can see what's going on around me. How did I get through so many thought-provoking, heart-wrenching, spirit-crashing moments? By being willing to experience it without resistance. There's been lots of setbacks, lots of defeats. I'm left with lots of scars. There's been lots of tears, lost loves and lots of shipwrecks. The waves never stop coming. But I have survived. In between the waves there is life. So even though it's been no fairy tale, I have explored, travelled, had adventures, discovered and learned. You see, through adversity, you still have to live. Why am I sharing my story? In life there can be unexpected twists, some too awful to contemplate. So I am committed 
to breaking the silence around childhood trauma and abuse. I'd like to be a voice that helps people understand that our trauma can be a source of transformation. Kijigu, which means golden joinery, is the Japanese technique for repairing pottery with seams of gold. This repairs the brokenness in a way that makes the object more beautiful than it was prior to being broken. Instead of hiding the scars, it makes a feature of them. I suppose this speech is my way of repairing my brokenness and revealing my scars. I feel like Humpty Dumpty who had a big fall. I'm not sure if I can be put back together again, but by telling my journey, it's a good start. So when you go outside tonight, take one second and look up to the stars. That's your limit. Thank you. My story. My imaginary TEDx speech that I hope to do one day. My name is Peter Gerard. I'm on Facebook and this is my story. <laughs>